Hi again, friends. Welcome to the Bible Project Daily Podcast. And we're in episode 268 of our journey together through the whole Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. If this is the first time you've joined us, then why not consider going right back to the very beginning and complete this amazing journey we trust through the whole Bible over how many years it takes. But today we're in part 199 of our journey through Genesis and we're actually closing off today the chapter number 25 where we've been considering together the sovereignty of God. Now what I'll do to begin with is I'll just remind us of those closing verses of this chapter which we read last time and it says Jacob gave Esau bread and a stew of lentils then he ate and drank and arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. So Jacob has jumped in taken the opportunity when Esau returned from hunting or from working in the field absolutely famished and basically got him to trade his birthright for a bowl of stew. Now, that last verse, thus Esau despised his birthright, is an important one, because as a matter of fact, the word that we see translated despised here actually means he considered it worthless. So he thought his birthright at that moment was worthless to him. It meant nothing to him. And actually, some of the translations and it's a reasonable way of translating it, it also says that he found his birthright contemptible. Now that at least says something about Esau's attitude to God's word. Because remember, it was God who said this about his father Jacob and his inheritance. Naturally, he was the one who should have inherited that promise given to his father. But at that moment, he rationalized and he said, I'd rather have some pleasure today. I want my stomach filled, satisfied right now, rather than something transitory way off in the future. So he sold his birthright for a pot of stew, a bowl of stew. He valued the momentary pleasure more than he valued the eternal things of God. But I would ask, just pause at a moment and say this causes us to reflect, or it should anyway, and ask ourselves what is really of value to us. It's important to verbalise that question because throughout our Christian walk, because we are constantly in danger of being tempted to give up something very precious in order to indulge an immediate present strong desire. This desire may involve out and out addiction, or it might be greed or lusting after money or material things, or giving in to sexual desire without waiting for the sexual relationship to be placed within the right moral framework. How about indulging or letting loose an outburst of anger in the momentary abandonment of reason? Or how about blaming God in despair or when you're disappointed when you don't get your own way? What is your bowl of stew? What is your mess of pottage, as the King James wonderfully translates it? What is dangerous to any of us all the time is the temptation to gratify the feelings of the immediate moment in a ways that shows we disregard or despise even the promises of God, the promises of what he will give us if we live the way we know God wants us to live. So do you ever live for the moment? Because if you do, you may be despising what God has promised for you in the long term. 
Okay, so as we run out chapter 25, what can we draw out from the story? Well, I began by suggesting that this really comes down to the whole subject of election and predestination, but not in the way that a lot of Christians like to debate and argue about this issue. I'm talking about it in relation to are the things we do and we choose today, are they God's choice or are they our own choices? The passage here teaches that God sovereignly makes choices. He, as I said, chose Jacob, but this passage showed that the people involved in the story also made choices, free will choices. Clearly, this passage illustrates God's choice, just as clearly as this passage illustrates that the individuals chose something different, or at least chose to try and go about it in a different way, at least. Now, the scripture does not go into the reasons why God chose Jacob over Esau, but what we do know is that God chose Jacob not on his superior personality merits, but it was an initial choice, a sovereign choice, made on God's divine prerogative. Yes, Esau despised his birthright, yet Jacob still obtained it, and he obtained it primarily because of what God had promised that that's what would happen and that's who he would become. Now, explicit moral commentary is rare in the Bible. It asks us to dig deep and to consider what the meaning of things are. So the writer's inclusion of the statement, the last verse of the story saying Esau despised his birthright, is telling us something about Esau that clearly the writer of this book did not want us to miss. He wanted to emphasize Esau made his free will choice to despise his birthright. So here's my conclusion for this chapter. Are you ready? It is that God chooses and that we choose. When it comes to something like salvation, even, I believe both are true. Now, how might you explain that would be a reasonable response to that. Well, let's talk about it. And I'll just read to you two verses from John chapter 6. John 6, 37. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away, it says. And then a few verses later, at the beginning of verse 44, it says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. In John chapter 6 here, this is Jesus speaking here. He says, nobody can come to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws him. But he also says, you still have to believe. All in the same chapter, all in the same conversation, in fact. It's up to you. You choose to trust Christ and you'll be accepted. So I believe absolutely that God chooses us, but we still have to respond we must, in a sense, choose also. And I think both of these things are true. I believe there is a balance, a tension, if you like, in the Bible, always between election and free will, between God's choice, sovereign choice, and our choice. Both are taught and both are true. Let me read to you from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. I think this verse is helpful. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. We need to give thanks to God because you have trusted Christ. God chose you. If there's one thing we need to grab hold of today, it's this. If you've trusted in Christ, then God chose you and you are special to him. 
If you've trusted in Christ, it's because God loved you and he chose you. That saying, it's as said as clearly as anything in the scripture. But if we keep reading, it says from the beginning, probably a reference to eternity past. He chose you for salvation through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth. The Holy Spirit, according to the scriptures, according to the Bible, is the one who convicts us of sin. He is the one that enlightens us to the gospel and he is also the one that draws us to Christ. But we still have to believe. So there it is. It's all there together in one verse. God chose you, but you have to believe in him. And that part is up to you. So there it is, I believe, short and simple. The good news, the gospel, is that Jesus died for our sins, for everyone's sins, and he rose from the dead. And anyone who hears that proclaimed truth has the opportunity to respond in free will to it. You can hear the message and reject it, or you can hear the message and say, wow, that's right, I'm a sinner and I need to be forgiven. I want to know that God accepts me and forgives me. And according to this message, according to this proclamation I've heard of the good news, I'm going to do that by choosing to respond and trust in Christ. So you can say, yes, I hear that. I recognize I'm a sinner and I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I'm trusting in this for my future and I'm not relying on anything else. God then says, you are forgiven and I give you the gift of eternal life. By the way, that's a direct statement from the Bible in Romans chapter 6, verse 3. It says there, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So both aspects are true. God chose us, yet we must believe in the good news, the gospel. So when it comes to your individual salvation, I believe both are true. God chose, God calls, God convicts, God converts, and God saves us and will ultimately crown us with glory. Nevertheless, you still must choose to respond and believe and trust in Christ. Now, if you understand the Bible and you take it, the whole panoply of scriptures, this should not really come as a surprise to us. Now, I know sometimes I personally struggle to hold the great truths of God and to really hold them within my pea-sized brains. Sometimes I have to say simply, I don't really understand it, but it is what is clearly taught. It is what God revealed, so I'm going to believe it. The problem is not the doctrine. The problem is never the doctrine. The problem is our perception of the doctrine. Suppose I had a coin and I took one side of it and say, look, there's heads. Then I can flip it over and say, look, there's tails. But I can't always see both at the same time. And that's the problem of our limited view of the eternal aspect of God. We can sometimes only see one thing at a time. We can only hold one view and it's difficult to hold both at the same time, to see both sides of the coin, so to speak. When it comes to these truths of God, we sometimes struggle to hold them and believe in them both in attention at the same time. But what we can do, and what I give thanks to God for, is that he has chosen to reveal his son Jesus to me, and that I responded in thanks by accepting that truth into my heart. I hope and trust that you were able to do the same thing at some time in your past, or maybe 
you can even do it today. Okay, there we go. Thank you so much for joining me today as we closed off this chapter. Closed off this chapter. I do hope you'll stay with me on this amazing journey to work through the whole Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Do remember that there's a transcript of roughly what I've said available in the episode notes of any audio version of this podcast. But other than that, that's it for today. I hope you'll join me back here, right here again tomorrow when we'll launch off in a new section, a new chapter of the book of Genesis. And we'll uh, go through that chapter by chapter, verse by verse, as is our normal thing. In other words, that's it for today. See you back here very soon on the Bible Project Daily Podcast. Bye-bye for now.